Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Large firms and hot markets and hot practices. The point is that in the entire history of having this law firm, if the firm just says how bad people are and hates yeah, them. So a lot of times these deadlines, things, the courts. Okay, so this is interesting. These are great questions. I appreciate all these questions. I noticed that some interviewers encourage candidates to share challenges they face with their previous employers. How can I effectively navigate such questions without appearing negative about my former employer? Okay, so those are just, those are easy questions. These are all very easy questions. You don't have to say, challenges that were, were negative about the employer. You just have to come up with kind of challenges that that make it seem, you know, positive. Is if challenges were uh, senior associates got more responsibility on the deals. I I would have liked to have been able to bring in business, but the firm's billing rates are, and the requirements for the size of uh, uh, clients are too high. I, I would have like to have been able to get into court more, but the partners all did it. I would have liked to have been able to, I don't know, write more, take more lead on deals or I don't know, but things that show you're aggressive and interested in practicing and want more responsibility and are enthusiastic and, and growing and, or maybe or whatever, like you just, you want to do better and you want more responsibility, you want more hours. Maybe the challenges were the firm didn't wanted to work more hours and there were there just wasn't enough work going around. Anything that sounds positive that makes you seem like you're trying to grow and be really good at your job is very important. The more of that you do, uh, the, the better you're going to be. So you take everything in terms of the challenges and you frame them as positives. And that's my advice. So let's hear. What resources or templates would you recommend using for reaching out to law firms without openings? What is the best way to reach out? Okay, so this is actually a very good question, and I will answer it. I don't know what the percentage is now, but years ago, I looked at these percentages, and it was something crazy. It was like 85% of candidates, candidates, and this is crazy. And so this statistic I'm sharing with you, by the way, should blow you away. So this is something that, again, this is... If you learn this right now, it's going to change the course of your freaking career. And no one even understands this, but it's, I do because I've worked with tens of thousands of attorneys and there's no one else that does what I do like this. And it gets, it freaks people out. It all sorts of things. So 85% of candidates that BCG, now in the past, I haven't looked at this in the past few years. So I'm not going to say it's 85 now. It might be lower, but um, in the past that have gotten positions with gotten positions with us, and this statistic should blow you away. It's incredible with us. Now, again, I'm not saying this statistic's current, but it's I'm sure it's a lot. It's probably still way over 50 percent have applied have gotten positions with firms that don't have opening. Now. So I want to, because this statistic should blow you away, but I want to be, I want to preface this with a couple of different statements because I want to make sure you understand why this is. So we, so certain firms always interview people through BCG or firms interview people, interview lots of candidates in different practice areas, regardless of they have an opening. So we're using like, we're using historical information. We're using not AI, because but we're using different machine learning and algorithms and things 
So this is our statistics. I'm not saying like these are very high because of things that we're doing to make those the, these decisions about where to tell people. But the and then here's the other thing is 75% of candidates when we send them when we send them list of firms to, to approve um, get freaked out. So they think that we're spamming them or something. List of firms get get freaked out. So meaning they think there's something wrong with this, that, that why would we be sending them these firms? We do it because we know the places that are likely to interview them without openings, but I'd also do it because I know that's where people are likely to get jobs because here's the kicker. And I want to make sure everyone understands this because this is incredibly freaking important. It may be one of the most important job search things you hear in your entire career. And I want to make sure everyone understands this. Firms without openings. Now, large firms, by the way, I'm talking more about more about small to mid-sized firms. Big size firm, big firms and big cities are run like machines and, and they know exactly what they need and they uh, often are inflexible. But firms without openings, if they receive your application, and again, this large firms and hot markets and hot practice areas, this is the case, but if you apply to a firm without openings, apply to a firm without formal openings, you are the only applicant, right? So you're the only applicant. So if you're the only applicant, that the firm, no one to compare you to, right? No one to compare you to. Easy to hire uh, because no one applies to firms like that. It's easy. They, they, obviously, you're interested in them. You know about them. You're not applying just because there's a job. And what does no one to compare you with? This means... No competition, no competition. For example, if I post an opening for in-house counsel at BCG, right? Uh, what's gonna happen? Uh, within uh, a few minutes, uh, I'm gonna suddenly get, and this is just because this is the kind of competition there's for a lot of in-house jobs. I'll start getting, by the end of uh, day two, uh, and, uh, day two, I may have you know, 200 applications or something. So what am I going to do? What? How am I going to make any sense of all this? I guess I could put them all in a pile and sort them by school. And But this is what employers face. So if you're applying to an employer with a job, what are your odds? But if you're applying for a firm that doesn't have an opening, there's no competition. There's You're the only applicant. And you're showing, you're proactively showing that you like the firm or the, the, or the position. So that's great. You like the firm. So firms that receive applicants like this are like, that's awesome. Like they love it. And and that, and you're much more likely to get a job. Again, these statistics at BCG are artificially high because if there's, I don't know, 300 firms in Milwaukee, like we know like the 10 or 15 that always interview like corporate attorneys or patent attorneys, like even without jobs. So we send them those. And so that's one reason working with a good recruiter could changed your life, but, but it's also, and again, I'm not trying to, but at the same time, you can do that on your own. You just won't have this be as accurate. But what's funny is when I send candidates, these lists of firms, they think, oh, this is crazy. This recruiter is sending me all these firms. I'm going to stop responding to their uh, texts and emails and block. Them. This is how people think. But honestly, this is the most effective way to get a position. There are so many freaking attorneys um, in every practice area uh, all over the country that that you could potentially 
go work for it. It's ludicrous. So if you, and I'll just show you this example. So let's Google, um, and we'll look at, let's see, let's just take an example, but trust in the state's attorneys. If you want to do trust in the states, trust in the state's attorneys, state's attorneys uh, in, let's pick something random, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, right? Santa Fe, uh, New Mexico. So no one, by the way, is going to apply to these freaking people. There are tons of them. So look at this. So here we go. Walk-in wills, Robert, all these places. They're just, they just go on for pages and pages. Look at this. Next, next. It's just, come on, just look at this. It's insane. If you want to work, there, there are so many attorneys out there that in law firms that no one's applying to, that if you apply to them, you have a great opportunity to get a position. All you need to do is apply and do a search on Google for whatever you're trying, whatever job you're trying to get or firm you're trying to work in. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And by the way, these kind of particular searches, which I think are freaking awesome, are hugely effective. They are, you can, let me just fix something here. I'm going to fix so I can show this. Anyway, this particular search, but $6.2 million, or anyway, I'll just show this. But the point is that if you apply to firms that openings, you are going to have a, a massive opportunity to get positions that no one does. I've seen this with myself. An example would be, I used to, up till a couple of years ago, I had a law firm. Now, I didn't have a law firm where I was representing people. I had a law firm that was representing my companies and things and things that we were involved in, whatever, not serious things. But if someone owed us money or was using our trademark or whatever, we would this law firm. But the point is that in the entire history of having this law firm, which was years and years, I only had a couple people, I can remember them, walk in or in the ones that walked in were the most effective, but send their resume out of the blue saying, hey, do you have any opportunities? And the ones that did would all uh, get jobs. I'll tell you a quick story that blows my mind. And, and this, I just want to tell you because I want to give you uh, an example of how freaking effective this is. So I used to have a company called Legal Authority, which you can see online. You can go to Legal Authority right now. And Legal Authority um, would uh, basically, you could call Legal Authority and say, uh, you'd fill out a, a form and you'd say, hey, I want to work at, and this company, the website's still up, but it's not, we're no one's working on it at the moment uh, and hasn't been for years. But um, you call go to this company, you'd say, you could be in, I'll tell you a quick story. There was a couple guys that were friends that went to Thomas Cooley Law School, which I guess is now called 
I don't know what it's called, but it's something else. But it, for whatever reason, it's not a highly ranked law school. As, as a matter of fact, I think at the time it was one of the 10 worst in the country or something. I don't know. But and again, nothing against people to go to Thomas Cooley. But there the, a couple of guys from there one day visited my office. One of them brought their father and was like, we can't thank you enough. We got these great jobs with entertainment law firms. And the dad was like, yeah, thank you so much. We can't believe what a great job you did. All legal authority would do is if you said, I want to be any type of attorney in any city, we would just search our database. And if you want to be an entertainment attorney in LA, we would search and then we'd find 200 law firms doing it. And then we would, at that time, we would print out letters and, and everything and send it to the people. And they would send it out to all these firms saying they want to be an entertainment attorney. We would do their resume and cover it. But the point of this whole thing is that getting an entertainment job in LA if you're an attorney at Morrison and Forrester or Melvin or one of these big for Gibson Dunn and want to do it, it's extremely difficult. It's beyond difficult. It's it's not impossible, but it's pretty freaking hard uh, because everybody wants to do entertainment law. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard, whatever. Uh, but these guys that went to this worst law school, one of the worst law schools in the country, as law students, were getting entertainment jobs using the service. It works. If you apply, and the point I'm making is this company was getting so many people jobs that it was ridiculous. So many people were getting positions with legal authority. It just blew my mind. And and all they were doing was mass mailing their resume. And with letters, instead of, instead of sending, what do you call it, emails. And so it works. If you apply to places without openings, you're going to do well. Now, there is something now called that BCG does, which is called, what is it called? Reverse. And I'm sorry to give such a long drawn out answer to this BCG search. So what is this called? BCG. And essentially this is the same thing. This is reverse recruiting, which is which is basically a similar type service, but it's a little more high end because unfortunately the uh, legal authority is a low end service was it's a difficult company to operate from both a profitability and a customer service perspective. But yeah, reverse recruiting um, is something that we do. Um, but here's one other thing that I would recommend. And again, I'm not trying to plug my companies and things here, but I am trying to present uh, my job search offerings. So anytime you use LinkedIn or what else, Indeed for jobs, everyone in the, every, everyone out there, every single person with an internet connection, single attorney, with an internet connection is applying to those jobs. So what does that mean? That means that that you stand very little chance of getting those jobs because, first of all, the employer may not even see your resume because there's so many freaking people applying to those jobs. And the second thing is that that you don't stand a good chance of getting those positions because you're going to be uh, competing with a huge number of people. Just think of how many law students and how many new attorneys are looking for jobs. So that's the problem. So there, I do have a company that does this and helps people other than this reverse recruiting. Uh, it's called Law Crossing, which you, you probably have heard of. But um, all Law Crossing does, it's a little different. It goes, the site the site goes and looks at every law firm website. Oh, and by the way, to get an Indeed or LinkedIn for jobs, employers need to pay. So that means that. But Law Crossing basically visits every law firm we can find, law firm we can find, and we can find in every government office, all that, every government, in-house, whatever. And and then and then takes those jobs and posts them on its site. And those jobs, the majority of these are not advertised. So that's all. So 
you stand a better chance if a law firm has a job somewhere or a company that's not advertised because if some municipality puts a, a or a government office or a law firm in the in whatever in a small or mid-sized law firm or even large law firm that doesn't advertise its jobs puts a job uh, has a job and it's not advertised uh, you stand a much better chance I don't want to get too far into it, but that's the whole point of these. I'm not trying to tell you that you should do it, I, but people get the site works. You'll get it. I'm not going to say I'll get a job because that's ridiculous. But I think if you if you find positions like on Legal Authority Day, which you can do with reverse recruiting now, but it's expensive, so I don't even want to talk about it really. But but it's there. But if you use something like Law Crossing, which is very expensive, you can find jobs that aren't advertised. If you use, if you do mass mailing on your own, or you just search the internet and find a list of firms doing your practice area and apply, you're going to get more jobs. So the whole idea is if you're looking for a job, and I'm sorry to get to talk so much about this, but this is my passion um, and I have businesses doing it. But if you look for a job, well, if you try to get a position and there's no competition, what the hell? You're going to have 10 times a better chance. You're also going to look like you're interested in the employer when uh, other people uh, aren't necessarily doing that. Okay. So I hope that helps. Those are great questions. I really um, appreciate them. Okay, so let's see here. Next question. I've had interviews where I was asked about my preferred management style or type of leadership I work best with. How can I answer these questions without sounding like it would be problematic? Boy, my preferences don't line with a company culture. So this is a very simple um, answer to give. So if you're an associate, which you probably are asking this, you say, this is what you say. This is a very simple question to answer. You say, I look at my job as an associate, uh, as an associate to be a soldier and whomever I'm working for be my general, a general, whether it's a senior associate or who senior, whatever, whomever I am, you know, client, partner, whatever. That's what you do. So you say, I want to be an associate, I look at my job as an associate to be a soldier and whoever I'm working for to be a general. That's it. So what does that mean? That means that that your job is to follow orders and do the best you can for whoever who's ever supervising you. That's your management style. That's the management style of a soldier. That's the management style that you need to come across as having. So your job is to basically say that I will work for you and be your soldier. And I don't really care who's giving me the who's giving me the orders. I'm going to do them the best I can. That's it. So your preferred management style says my job is just to get along and do well wherever my am, wherever I am, and and that's it. So I want to tell you a couple other quick stories. I, I've told these before, but mo the uh, the first recruiters I ever hired, one had been at her previous job for eight years, the other had been there for twenty years. They came in to work in BCG. The first one stayed like nine years or whatever. And the next one stayed until she retired, which was like 15 or 16 years. So people go into different app, people that are good go into different companies and businesses or law firms, and they are able to acclimate to whatever the culture is. So when those person with eight years and the one with 20 years started, it was a young company where I didn't know what I was doing, managing people. It was growing very fast. And, and they were able to move from working in a company that was fast growing to one that became established. And then one that of course ran into different bumps and things along the way, as all companies do, where things were positive, things were negative. So at the same time that they were there, we had 
tens, meaning 20, 30 recruiters come in and work for two years or one year or three years or five years because those, and all those people that came in and worked those type worked like that had also done the same thing with their careers in working for uh, when they, before I hired them. So if I hired someone that had been their last job for a year, they almost always lasted a year. If I hired someone that had been their last job three years, they always lasted like two to four years. So it's just people have, that's how people are. So if you think about it that way, just say my other thing you could say is my parents worked at his job or her job for 25 years. I'm That's how I work. This is how everyone my family is. You just, you have to give people the, the impression that your interest is in following direction and doing what people and getting along whatever environment you're at. I hope that answer is helpful. I think it's, I think it answers your question. It's a great question. Okay, I work in a small market with a lot of boutique in the same practice area where everyone seems to know each other. I lost my position in searching for a new one, but I'm worried that I will either be blackballed or the fact that one firm in the market laid me off will preclude other firms from hiring me. I asked a few prior questions in the same webinar. My apologies in advance for any redundancy. Okay, so the answer to that is no, you can't worry about it. Uh, you cannot worry about it. And you just need to go and apply to every single one of those firms. So apply everywhere. That's it. I don't know what the market is, but you apply everywhere. Don't worry about it. The point of the matter is, as I said this earlier, 30% of the people that know you, 30% of people will like you, like you, I'm sorry, like you, 30% don't care, but it's actually one third. So there's 33, whatever, 33% uh, don't care, care. And then 33% uh, will like you, right? It will not like you. Percent will not like you. So it's the same thing with attorneys. 33% of the people uh, in that market may like the attorney you work for. 33% won't like them. 33% won't care. It's ridiculous and it's not true to think that everyone talks to each other. So if you were in a class at school and you graduated with 40 people, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't. 33% that you probably dislike, 30%, all these sorts of things. So you don't want to assume that all those people will talk to each other. The other thing is there's, and this is actually very important to understand. So this is something for any attorney that's ever worried about being blackballed, for any attorney that is fearful about this stuff, there's a, there's a, actually a, it's very important uh, to understand. Very important. So most attorneys, there's a, there's a there's an understanding in the legal market that that is followed more by large law firms and smaller markets, but but it's very important to understand it's there is that attorneys do not talk negatively about people that have worked for them or that's it. So they do not talk negatively about people that have worked for them. So they just don't. If they do that, then it makes the attorney that's talking about the person negatively, look bad. You want to, the good firms, the best firms, people leave there and good things happen to them. It's a statement of the quality of the firm if good things are happening to the people that leave. It's a it's not a good statement of the quality of the firm if the firm just says how bad people are and hates them because why would anybody, that's not good. In larger markets and larger firms and the more prestigious firms, this is less pronounced, but this also happens in, uh, a lot of um, uh, even smaller markets. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. 
Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. So I just want to tell you a quick story about something that I thought was really showed me this. Attorneys that I know are very careful about saying negative things about other attorneys when they lose their jobs. So that's one thing to understand. The other thing I just wanted to tell you a quick story. There was a, a woman once that I was working with and she had, I said, what happened at your firm? And I think she had been at Simpson Thatcher or something, a very prestigious firm. I'm not saying it was Simpson Thatcher, but it, it might have been, but it was something. Anyway, so I said, what happened to your previous firm? And she said something like, I had a psychotic break and I, I was acting crazy. I, I took off my clothes and ran through the halls. It wasn't that bad, but it was something along those lines. And the firm was very understanding. I went to a psychiatric hospital for three weeks and then I came back and I was medicated and I thought everything was under control. But then I had another psychotic break and I threw a pot of coffee in a partner's face or something. And literally something that was like that bad. I couldn't believe it. And she said, but I have good references. And I said, oh, great. And uh, so I called these references at this very prestigious New York firm. And they were like, oh, she was great. We loved her. She's nothing negative to say about her. I think she's going to make a fine attorney. And wow, this is, but I knew something completely different. So what does that mean? That means that the best law firms, the best places to work, will never say something negative about the people that leave or they have problems with, even in the almost the most dire of circumstances, because lawyers are expected to have other lawyers' backs. And that's just how it works. People that don't do that, uh, it's problematical. Everyone does not know each other in whatever market you're in. And, and many times that the fact that a firm laid you off is a bad sign to them. You can say they didn't have the work or there wasn't enough work or it wasn't, there was some issue or whatever, but you can, most of the time, if it's a small market, uh, people will be happy uh, to hear that uh, there were issues at the other firm. So I would really, to be honest with you, I wouldn't worry about it. And I would think that and any firm that's going to talk negatively about you is actually making themselves look worse and, and it's actually bad on them. So I just, I personally, if that was me, I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I would just apply to a lot of places. And then the nice thing is when you lose a job, everyone's talking about losing jobs today. When you lose a job, you can just go back to your next job and, and learn with all those lessons, just be 10 times better attorney. So you learn what's important and what you can't do wrong. And then instead of having sour grapes, that's what you should do. So that's my opinion. I am a younger lawyer without good references after I lost my position in the short period of time. A lot of those same questions, but I'm going to answer this. The first job was a small firm that eliminated my practice here. That's too bad. The second was in a volatile branch office, and I was fired when I mistakenly missed a deadline. Okay, let me just write an underline. I just want to make sure I understand this. The second was in a volatile um, and was fired when I mistakenly missed the deadline. That sucks. Okay, let me just start in the beginning. So I'm a younger lawyer with all good references after I lost my position at two firms within a short period of time. The first job was a small firm that eliminated my practice area. The second was in a volatile branch office and I was fired after mistakenly missing a deadline. The last experience is extremely 
distressing. The firm was spiteful, laid me off without severance, gave no regard for my prior work. And even though I was able to get the deadline excused, held it against me in the harshest possible way. I was only at the firm six months and now need a new job, but have few references I can trust. I'm worried this firm blackballed me. My questions are, can I find a new position without a glowing reference from supervisors? What kind of employers are more likely to hire uh, without references? Okay, so that's a great question that, by the way, people get fired as junior attorneys all the time for missing deadlines. Um, I just want to say something that uh, may make you feel a little bit better. Then you miss a deadline. It's not, it's, first of all, it's the partner's responsibility to supervise you and make sure that doesn't happen or a senior associate. You can't possibly be able to understand all these deadlines and juggle all this many times as a junior attorney. It's not a good thing uh, when that happens, but missing a deadline is definitely something that a lot of people get fired for, especially junior attorneys, even senior attorneys. And you're not really getting fired for uh, missing the deadline so much uh, because almost every attorney out there has missed deadlines. What you're getting fired for is you're getting fired because the the partners or the are trying to cover their ass with a client or uh, each other. Who knows? But um, you can't worry about it. So, uh, so the firm was spiteful, laid you off without severance, gave no regard to your prior work, and even though you were able to get the deadline excuse. So. Yeah, so a lot of times these deadlines, things, the court's always going to be understanding. There's motions and things you can do to get it excused. Um, but uh, you don't need necessarily to have references um, or worried about the firm blackballing you. They, You may have had a bad experience there. You can, if you need to, you could always say you missed a deadline. But yes, you can find a new position without going references. And what most what kind of employers are most likely to hire you without references? Okay, so this is a very simple answer, and I'm glad this is being asked because it's a very important question. So law, law firms are businesses. Uh, so what does that mean? So they need people to do the work, people to do the work. So that's it. So they lose money if, if work's not getting done. So they lose money if work's not getting done. So all you need to do is find a bunch of is find places that need work done, work not being done. So I'm just typing this out, work not being done. So that's it. So you just need to make sure that that you find a firm that needs work. What does that mean? It may mean that you need to go to a smaller firm. It may mean you need to find a firm that's extremely busy. It can mean all sorts of things. So I saw something that was just hilarious in my early in my career. There was this woman that that had gone to University of I don't know, Minnesota Law School or something had been on law review, which is, does it mean a lot? Yes. Some places you need to have the top grades. I think that's what it was like where I went, when I went to law school. Maybe they have 15 places and 13 are for people with grades and two are for writing. Companies. I don't know what it was, but it was something like that. And so most people that some schools law review is based on grades. Other schools, they just have these things where you can write up why you're special because you grew up poor or whatever, and, and you'll get get on that way. But anyway, so this woman went to University of Minnesota and um, was on law review, but graduated with a, a C minus average uh, or something just horrible. And then somehow got a clerkship on the Sixth Circuit or Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, and then had something else. Maybe it was, a, I don't know, I don't know if she worked for the Supreme Court, but something just incredible in her background. She got an interview with what, I mean, the job 
with one of the most prestigious law firms in the country. Like when I say prestigious, it was like one of the top five hardest firms to freaking get a job in probably in the country. They never looked at her grades. And then when I moved her to another firm, it was a huge firm, like a very prestigious firm in Silicon Valley, like one of the top probably five most prestigious. They never looked at her grades. So what is the point to all that? The point is that not necessarily they didn't look at her grades, but the point is that people hire people for business reasons. This woman looked at it on paper. They didn't think of anything. And both those firms hired her and she did fine, even though she had bad grades. So my point to you is that um, employers hire people um, if they can make money. And um, if the work's not being done, they lose money. So all you need to do is find firms uh, that will hire you. You can apply to a lot of places. If they have a lot of work that needs to be done, apply to places without jobs, they will hire you. People realize that mistakes happen. If you need to get into detail about what happened, you can tell them and they may feel sorry for you. And But most of the time you need to preserve yourself is very strong. So the first job, the limited practice area, you can absolutely 100% say that in your interviews. The second job, you can say, if it comes down to it, you can say there was a, an issue that happened with a matter where a partner looked bad and I took the fall. You can say all sorts of things, but you have to be very careful and you have to think through it. And I'm not going to tell you exactly how to do that. But, but the fact that all this stuff happened and that you fixed it is good, but you basically need to move on. You may need to apply to smaller firms. You may need to apply to firms that don't have that don't currently have any, what do you call it, that don't have openings, all that sort of stuff. And if you're able to do that, you're going to have um, a much better chance of getting the position. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.